0: Welcome. My name is Julia. I'm one of the facilitators in the Spokane Sangha. It is my privilege to guide our practice today. On Wednesdays, we have been exploring and studying, actually, this wonderful book called Standing at the Edge by Roshi Joan Halifax. And we have been studying this book for over two years, two and a half years or so. We take it really slow. And one of the things Roshi is um, famous for. Roshi Joan Halifax is the abbess, creator of, U- of the Upaya Institute in Santa Fe, New Mexico. She is a Zen Buddhist master. She was a student of Thich Nhat Hanh and she's dedicated her life to socially engaged Buddhism all over the world with particular respect to Nepal. And she has been instrumental in bringing medical care to remote places in the Himalayan mountains. She's an extraordinary human being and a wonderful, wonderful writer two of the things that she has brought to the Western mind in terms of extraordinary contributions to Buddhism include something she calls the grace practice, which is something we talked about last week. Grace is... Uh, An acronym, and it is a kind of meditation. Each letter is an invitation for you to practice, and I just want to review it very quickly. The G in the word grace is an invitation for you to ground yourself, the R in the word grace is an invitation to recall your intention. Why are you practicing? The A in grace is attune to your environment. Notice what's going on. Notice the conditions of your life in moment to moment to moment. The C in grace is consider what will serve. What can you do, which includes nothing, that would be of most benefit? in this moment, in this condition. And then the E in grace is to engage fully, wholeheartedly, and then know how to exit. I bring this forward because this particular book is all about what she calls edge states. These are those precious opportunities for our deepest growth. And these are qualities that we cultivate when we overextend, we experience distress. When we underextend ourselves and become apathetic, we experience distress. For example, we have been spending weeks talking about the cultivation of compassion, which is a limitless quality in Buddhism. Compassion, karuna, when we get overly involved in somebody's life, when we just push ourselves and we're in it and we're doing, 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 helping, 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 we can experience compassion fatigue, empathetic distress. We've overdone it. Likewise, when we stay too far away from the compassionate response because we're scared. We don't feel like we're competent. We don't feel like we know what to do. We're nervous. Uh, We don't wanna get involved. It's too messy, it's too scary. We can become complacent, even apathetic in our expression of compassion. So that too takes us far away from the practice The edge state is that sweet spot where we're neither overextended or underextended. And it is a practice. So today we're going to read a section from this book. um, And it's in Buddhism, it's called the charnel ground. And it is the charnel ground is in my mind how I think of it is this is the place it's a little bit like a hell realm it's a very challenging environment it's high stress usually um, I say this sort of jokingly tongue-in-cheek but a charnel ground for me personally is a shopping mall <laughs> it's just no fun for me at all Um, a charnel ground for someone else could be an emergency room a charnel ground for somebody else could be visiting somebody in prison or going to court or uh, being in a doctor's office or walking the streets working in a homeless shelter you can imagine You can imagine these are all places that really challenge our senses and our sensibility. The Buddhist practice, one of the things that is fascinating is we are invited to put ourselves into these places with the intention of stirring the pot, forcing ourselves to have stirrings, have arisings, forcing ourselves to be challenged. So there is merit in extending yourself a little bit, testing the waters, and really seeing what your resilience is. So with that, all of that preface, I'm going to try to make my broken glasses work. You've all come on a banner day. See, we're just gonna be creative, but if I get a little lopsided, now you all know why. All right, friends. This section is called Compassion in the Charnel Ground by Roshi Joan Halifax. Friends, close your eyes. Take a couple of deep breaths and just receive her message. It's a challenging message. It's a vivid message. The imagery is a bit intense. And so one of the things that you can do, again, to access grace in this practice for yourself and resilience is to ground yourself. And the way to do that, the easiest way, is right hand over the heart. Flat palm, press gently as you practice, as you breathe. Roshi writes, recently I taught a grace training in Japan for those who work in the end of life care field. I shared with the participants that life and death are messy experiences. We should not expect perfect perfect outcomes or to have things go our way. A doctor in the training stood up and spoke about the anxiety he experiences every day as he tries to meet the needs of his patients. When one one of his cancer patients is transferred off of his floor to the palliative care unit, he feels defeated, like he has failed his patient. His morale crashing, he panics as he realizes that he has had no time to deal with his fear and grief and no time to get through the line of patients who need his help. He feels trapped by a sense of futility that has drained his capacity for compassion and caring and has led him to experience utter despair and to consider suicide. But he does not want to harm his family. Clearly, this doctor is in a charnel ground one that is partly of his making and partly of his society's making. Burnout, stress, guilt, low morale, panic, futility, despair, suicidal ideation. It's a lethal combination that can lead to death. He told us that he, he had come to the grace training to see if he could find a path out of this desperate situation. Listening to him, I was reminded of Tibet and the charnel grounds I have visited there. Every time I've traveled to Mount Kalish in western Tibet, I have climbed up to the Dakini charnel ground, a barren, rocky plateau above the trail on the western side of the mountain. This is the place where dead bodies are offered in a practice known as sky burial. In Tibetan, jator, scattering to the birds. There, I have practiced walking meditation among piles of bones and pools of blood, fat, and feces the stench is rancid even in the cold wind and i can hear the flap of vulture wings and howls of jackals close by the first time i visited the charnel ground i came upon two faces shorn of their skulls their bloody hair in a tangled mess shaken i barely managed to stay on my feet as i avoided stepping on these bloody masks of death A man dressed in a ragged military coat approached me and motioned for me to lie among the fresh remains. Glancing around, I saw that Tibetans were sitting here and there among the body parts. A woman was pricking her tongue and others were pricking their fingers, drawing blood, offerings that symbolized death and rebirth. The man in the military coat glared at me and again gestured toward the cold, slippery earth. I slowly lowered my body and lay back onto the messy, rocky ground. The man then drew a long, rusty knife from a sheath beneath his coat and began to mime, chopping up my body. A wave of fear and disgust passed through me, but then I let go into the realization that I, too, am blood and bone. The aversion left me as I gazed at the snow-capped Mount Kalish, remembering that sooner or later I, too, will be dead. And then a thought crossed my mind. Why not live fully now? Why not live to end the suffering of others? What else would I want to do with my life anyway? Friends. On the journey of recovery, we have to look in the rear view mirror and reflect on the charnel ground of substance misuse and abuse, of negative habit energy, of a disordered brain, and all kinds of harmful behaviors associated with with a poisoned mind and body. It really is a charnel ground, a place of deep suffering and truly a place of death. We have members in our community who are community health workers and they are in the trenches of a fentanyl crisis. We have people in our community who are working in treatment centers and they are seeing firsthand how the mind heals, how the brain heals and disordered behaviors find their way into clarity and less confusion. This particular charnel ground can be devastating. It can ruin relationships, burn bridges. And like the sky burial grounds on Mount Kalish, if we're just going to think in terms of metaphor. Many people know the social narrative of hitting a rock bottom, for instance. It's not always necessary, but it's often what happens. People are reduced to their lowest self and then Something happens, something shifts, and something new is born because the nature of reality is impermanent, the nature of reality is bound to change. Where there is death, there is birth and rebirth since beginningless time. So in the charnel ground of negative habit energy, there is also the wise hope of recovery. And the journey of recovery is complicated, complex, and deeply personal. and to move through the old bones of our habit energy to navigate the slippery mess of unskillful behaviors. We have practices like grace. We have simple breathing practices, breathing in, breathing out. We have smiling practices, the heart of compassion practices, the Bodhisattva's way practices, Tonglen, so many tools. Today, I'd like to bring forward the practice just like me. And I'd like to encourage you to call to mind someone you know to be suffering, maybe in a charnel ground. It could actually be someone who has died. It could be someone who is dying. It could be someone who is sort of stuck in the cyclical existence of negative habit energy. It could be yourself. And just notice suffering, notice sorrow and confusion. Notice the desire to be loved and to belong. And then take a moment to smile and say, you know, just like me, I too know suffering and confusion. I too desire to be loved and to belong. I too desire to be free of the ravages of negative habit energy. Just like me, I don't want to be humiliated or shamed. Just like me, I don't want to be judged. I want to be accepted and seen and celebrated. Just like me, I want to know loving kindness, compassion, joy, freedom. friends, as we take a step toward the conclusion of our practice today, I invite you to take three deep breaths, remember that very simple mantra, just like me, and bring it with you into the day as you interact with people, and take notice, someone smiling just like me a little kid skipping along just like me, a homeless person whose clothes barely fit, really lost, just like me. What a gift to be able to be present to those in the charnel grounds. Alrighty, so let's take a moment and find that noble posture. And so this is an active posture, friends. And the noble posture is sitting really tall, like bring your body into the best version of yourself, noble, soft belly, strong back, roll your shoulders back so you open up the heart. Your chin is parallel to the floor and your eyes are closed and breathe. It is my observation, friends, that prior to the pandemic, our capacity in the West for mature, wise communication was already on the decline. With the pandemic, people have really endured a terrible psychological spiritual hit and we are just emerging from that and so the challenges to our communication are great people don't even know how to be present to one another anymore notice how often you interact with people and they won't look you in the eye So this is an invitation for you to take the merit of this practice, the courage and the resilience of this practice, and bring it into the compassionate level of the heart. And go into your day heart-led. People need it. They're desperate for it, truly. And I am deeply inspired by the work of Deva and his devotion to remain, to dispel the misery of the world. May we all elevate our own practice to dispel our own personal misery and by extension, the misery in the world. Your practice is that strong, it is that inspiring, it is that essential. Thank you for bringing it here. Thank you for showing it to us here and sharing it. We are all the better because of you. Namaste, friends.